This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Believe in God for all. You came to church expecting this morning. And as I'm giving that word, the power of God is on you. And you're going back with assurance that it's done. It's done. And the Lord will have us tell you that He's putting the oil of gladness upon you. More than your companion. More than your companion. And you are receiving unusual mantle this morning. Unusual visitation. As the grace of God is evident on you. Uh, for you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. And therefore, the Lord your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness. So it's a fresh season. Go back rejoicing. It's a new day. Hallelujah. Amen. Would you lift up your hands this morning? Wow. The grace of God is evident here. And as we're coming into the third service, what I kept on in my spirit, and where I was ministering yesterday, just came back again, that this season God is distributing mantles. You don't know the meaning of that. I'm sure some of us do. Those are abandoned real estates in the realm of the spirit. Abandoned technologies in the realm of the spirit. That men of old, Gordon Lindsay, Kenneth Hagin, Ian Bounds, Father Nash, Father Clary, uh, John G. Lake, God, and, and a host of them, Catherine Coleman, Maria Woodward Ether, you know, and so on and so forth. Joseph Ayobabalola. God is saying all that they did, the labors that they labored, is yet to be harvested. And God is saying there's a generation that is arising that others have labored and you are entering into those labors. That the labors of our heroes past will not be in vain. And if H.O. did this morning, activations are going on everywhere because God is raising people who are going to come into this desolate height, who are going to come into these abandoned real estates, who are going to restore the path to dwelling, and who are going to be functionaries in this revival. And music is also very, very important in this regard. And so therefore, the choir, there's a new wave of the glory of God that is coming on you. Because songs will be sung, and those songs will underpin the notion of the revival. They will be mighty songs. That gone at the area where you are just singing. There will be ministrations. And there are two or three sisters in particular in the choir that the Lord is anointing for this era. And I see the Lord opening the portals to you and saying that you didn't come to this service returning the same way that you are being reconfigured as a functionary for this new revival. In the name of Jesus, receive that grace this morning. And finally, before we begin to teach you, there are ministers in service this morning. So there are three kinds of ministers. There are those who do not even know they've been called. Meanwhile, they carry a unique grace. Mary was not playing, praying to bat a son, talk less of batting the son of God. She was just minding her business. So there is a dimension of the anointing that is called favor. You are not praying for it. You are not even thinking about it. You are not expecting it. But God is looking at you and God is saying you fit the speck. You are the one. 
And the reason why I'm giving it to you is because you do not even know you have qualified because he has pre-qualified you. So we extend grace this morning for everyone that is a functionary in this new wave that is in this house. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be evident. May you receive a total internal reconfiguration. And as you are leaving this service, you are leaving service a new man in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your word. And as we teach this morning, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be evident. In Jesus' name we pray. Come and give the Lord a big hand as you take your seat this morning. Thank you very much. The best choir in the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. I like to, like I said, I'm going to take a bit of time just to appreciate uh, Pastor Shola and um, Pastor Abigail. Can we appreciate them? Is that how you appreciate your pastors? Great, great, great. I do not take for granted being here this morning. And the truth is that I've been here many times, even uninvited, attending meetings and programs, because this is our house. I, I belong here. And uh, I'm a stakeholder here too, by the grace of God, on many fronts. And I, I just want to appreciate the grace of God upon their life. And I also want to thank you for extending the invitation. I do not take this for granted in any way at all. Thank you very much. And thank you for all that you do. It, it's, it's a great brother to have, you know. So it's the kind of brother everybody should desire to have. I mean, we talk, we talk every time. And he's always around the kingdom. And he's, he's, he's heavily anointed, evidently. And I thank God for all that God is doing in his life and in his ministry. He was with us last week in the UK. I, I, I've been in Nigeria since 1st of July. Uh, so I'm leaving tomorrow. So it makes it exactly one month on this trip. And I've been preaching every day for the last one month except for two days. At times, four meetings in a day. And today, this is the third one. There's still another one in the evening after today. So four already today again. So the son of mine must go home tomorrow because my wife is looking for me. <laughs> Praise God. Let's appreciate them one more time. And uh, also to appreciate the entire leadership of the house. Thank you, guys. Strong men and women standing with them. I love this house, believe me. If I'm not a pastor, I'll be a member here. <laughs> because this is a great house. This is a well-ordered house. And when you see a very strong house like this, it's because of the quality of leadership. Dr. Uzo Peters and the rest of the team, I salute you. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And the rest of us also who are strengthening their hands here, you are very, very important. Thank you for coming. And thank you for being a member of this church. God bless you. Is that Rebecca? That is my account officer. I can't imagine. She was the one that opened my account for me in GTBA. You remember? She came to my house to just help me. Thank you very much. God bless you. I didn't know you were a choir member. All right, you may be seated. God bless you, everyone. And of course, my sister and friend, Essie. I recognize her again. Essie and I have a very long history. I mean, she used to cook beans for me in those days in you. She, she was anointed to cook beans. I was staying at number three, Pepper Road. She was staying on Parry Road. And we were in the same class. So we used to go to class together. We used to go to fellowship together. Every fellowship, I will escort her to her place, and I'll go to my place, and she will give me a beans offering. And <laughs> Thank you, I say. Good to see you, and uh, God bless. This talk, Pastor Boyga, God bless you. I mean, one of our... He's been following me everywhere. He came to the meeting in Abuja, 
That is also here. Were you in a bad one too? No, no, you didn't come to a bad one. All right. God bless you. Thank you very much. Wonderful choir. God bless you. The instrumentalist, you guys are tight. I mean, you guys are tight. I mean, God bless you. And the multimedia people, I see your dexterity, the way you are doing camera and everything. That, that is to show you that I'm noticing all those things. And I just want to salute you. Now, this third installment is the password of faith. <laughs> you know, at the end of the second service, I thought I would continue the other Mechizedek. Maybe another time. Because if I go into that one, ah, that's another. So, but as we're coming back, the Lord said, emphasize another point. Mark 11. Mark 11 is a password of faith. So again, this is the Lord again using scenario to teach faith. And that's what I was looking at from the first service, scenario-based view of faith. Somebody say scenario-based view of faith. All right, Mark 11. When they drew near Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, the center of the disciples, and he said to them, go into the village opposite you. As soon as you have entered it, you'll find a cold tide and one which no one has sat. Lose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it. And immediately, he will send it. So they went their way and found a cold tide by the door outside of the street and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, why are you doing this? Losing the cold. And they said, he spoke to them just as Jesus commanded. So they let them go. Ha! Are you here this morning? If the password to your account is 2611, if you put 2610, does the system say you tried? <laughs> you are not getting what I'm saying. So the system will say he almost got it. Do, do you password your phone? 2611. You now put 2612. Uh, the system said, don't be too strict now. At least the person tried. He only missed one figure. When you want, because in chapter 11, where Jesus is going evidently is where we are going. And that is the second scenario here. But let me deal with this first one. Because this one leads to the second one. Because it's the same principle. It's teaching a principle that when it comes to operating the God kind of faith, it is always passworded. Go into that village. On the faith lane, you are not the nice guy. Don't try to over-explain. Use the password. He said when you lose it, if anyone should bother you, this is what you must say. Say any other thing, you are a thief. No, you are not getting me. <laughs> Say what he said you must say. And if you look at it, because this is, see, the centurion faith is still a lower form. Because here Jesus was leading them into a zone that is called the God kind of faith. So he deliberately started with this story. Because this is also a perfect example. And the way revelation is sequenced in scripture is deliberate. So it was like, before I get to the fig tree, that I'm going to try to teach the God kind of faith, let me first of all give you a preamble. This is like the premise. If you are 
there that day. And let me take us back a little. And you see that that was how his ministry started. Password. They were in a wedding at Cana of Galilee. Wine finished. The mother went to him and he said, oh yeah, they don't have wine. <laughs> and Jesus rose and he said, what do I have to do with you, woman? My time has not yet come. To the uninitiated, my time has not yet come meant he will not do the miracle. But because Mary kept all these things in her heart from the time Jesus was born, he knew Jesus was not speaking English. He knew he was speaking spirit. Because as you begin to walk with God, one of the things you are going to understand is that God does not speak English. You are the one picking it in English. God speaks God. <laughs> the language of God is called God. <laughs> Hallelujah. The language of God is called the Word. In the beginning was the Word. So when an Englishman picks what God is saying, he picks it in English. And English is a very bad language because it's not deep. So to an Englishman, my time has not come meant go and see that the miracle is not happening. But to somebody who understands what is called the hearing of faith, that meant he has not given an instruction. <laughs> so the moment he said that, Mary turned to them, he said, whatever he tells you to do. Because the moment he said, my time has not yet come, what brings his time is instruction. <laughs> So Mary warned them. He said, guys, he's about to say something now and whatever he tells you, because he's going to operate the God kind of faith, will not make sense, but it will make spirit. Yes, sir. Are you ready? Because from this service, God is going to begin to give people instructions that don't make sense. Imagine you wanted wine and he said, fill these jars with water. Thank God Mary warned them. <laughs> And look at those servants. Immediately, they just put it on their head and filled it. Because and, and somebody was like, we need wine. Why is he asking us to, to fetch water? And, and it's not asking us to fetch water in the same pot where people are using to purify themselves. You don't understand? So when guys were going to that wedding, they, from that pot, they would wash their face. They would spit in it. They would wash their armpit. They would, just, they would use it for purification. They would wash their feet. And Jesus said, that is where you should fetch the water. And after fetching the water, he didn't go there to say, in the name of Jesus, water, become wine. I turn you to wine. Give me black currant there. <laughs> he just said, from that same water, fetch it. <laughs> and they were checking. It's not yet wine. Where are we fetching it to? And he said, go and give it to somebody. He said, go and give it to the governor. What is going on here? And they were looking at the water. It was still water. Dirty water. Gutter water. And Jesus said, that's the one you should go and present to the governor. See how faith works. In between that first step of faith in the direction of the governor, not only did something happen to the one in the cup, before something happened to the one in the cup, something happened to the one in the jars. And both the cup and the jar experience the same miracle because on the faith lane how you activate the miraculous is instructions and those instructions don't make sense 
So coming from that, and that was his first miracle. So there's something in scripture or theologically that we call the law of first mention. That means if that was how he performed his first miracle, that is how he's going to perform all his miracles. It will still be the same principle. So here, look at this story now. They needed a donkey. And Jesus said, you know what? Look at that village over there. Just go there. Lose the donkey. What will a natural man do? The natural man will go there. And we say, me on show Leo. I'm not a thief. I'm not a thief. <laughs> Let me quickly lose this donkey. In fact, they will go and knock. A natural man will first go and knock the door, isn't it? Knock the door of the house and say, sir, you, you know Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You know Pastor Shola is he's, he's a boy popular. He's on TV. He needs a donkey. Please, can you just borrow? Jesus said, don't do that. He said, go into that village. When you see it, lose it. It is called the audacity of faith. You see, many of us are trying to explain spiritual things to people who are not spiritual. Because what you don't know about God is this. Ever before he told them to go and do that, there must have been a transaction. And he has told those people that the day I'm going to come for these donkeys, the only way you are going to know it is me. Is that the one I'm going to say, sent, we only say a sentence. That means if you don't say that sentence, password is 2611, you put 2612, the guy will refuse you. Everyone God is sending you to, he has already spoken to them. But it's just that when you get to them, you are not saying what the Lord wants you to say to them because you are a nice guy. <laughs> but unfortunately, nice is not the fruit of the Spirit. Is the name of a musician. <laughs> what did he say? They should say to them, to, to, to them, the Lord asked what? And he said, once you say that, immediately what will happen? Come on, can you give it to us on the screen? Because I want you to see something. There's something there. Go into that. The Lord has a need of it. And immediately he will send it here. And Really, and it happened as they were loosening it. It's just like somebody packed. Let's use today's analogy. The Lord tells you, What is your name, man? Okay, yeah, brought Damola's wife. Yeah, I recognize you. The Lord tells you, Go into Pastor Shola's garage and go and take the SUV. <laughs> Meanwhile, what you don't know is that that money. The Lord already told Pastor Shola that whoever comes to your garage and takes the SUV, release it. But you are afraid. So he's waiting. The owner of the donkey is waiting. But you are like, this instruction doesn't make sense. How can you tell <laughs> the owner of a property? You, church wants to buy property. I'm telling you real life testimony. And the Lord said, go in there and go and tell the owner, this property is now yours. <laughs> And you are like, Baba, I'm <laughs> And the Baba has walked all his life, right? And, and, and he's a testimony of a friend. And he walked to her and he said, Sir, 
this property is no longer yours. It's for us now. Ah, Baba said for 25 years I've been waiting for who will tell me that. Because 25 years ago, a prophet told me this land belongs to God. And the prophet told me that this is how you know God is sending somebody to you. The person will come and will say, this land doesn't belong to you again. And he said many churches have been coming. They are negotiating with money. Said some of them even offer to pay so much money and I'm turning them down but they don't understand. Because you, I mean, when God is saying this is what you must say, that means He has sorted out the matter. Just put in the password and open the system. Well, you are like, you are looking at this. How can I say? <laughs> These people will stole me to death. This is stealing. You, you are stealing donkey. Let's knock the door. Let's explain. And let's begin to say, we are the disciples of Jesus. Actually, we are very nice people. We don't want any trouble. You know, this donkey, the Lord said, take it. He said, can we rent it? Because we are trying to be nice. Maybe we will now return it. And, 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 and the person is looking at you. He said, I won't call. They are not the ones. <laughs> because the person already had an encounter with the Lord. For the Lord to tell you vividly, this is what you must say. That means not only did he know what he told the guy, he also knew how they will respond. Because he told them, if you are losing it, if anybody questions you. And actually, when they got there, they were losing it. They said, what are you doing there? And the moment they said, the Lord has a need of it. They said, you can go. They said, we recognize that. That is how you unlock inheritance in the days and time we live in. So ask yourself, are you saying what the Lord asks you to say in this given circumstance? Or you are, what you are saying is what you think you must say? So that means there's a higher level of faith that what you say must be communicated to you. It is called that which is behind the veil. And once you get to know that which is behind the veil, you set forth another ministry of Jesus that is called the forerunner. That means he has gone ahead. Say whether the forerunner has gone for us. Even Jesus made an high priest after the order of Melchizedek. That was how Abraham met Melchizedek and Melchizedek spoke those words. But I don't want to get into the Melchizedek part of it, but I'm interested in that part of Jesus Christ that is called forerunner. So that means there's nothing he's sending you to that is not the forerunner. He has spoken to the people ever before you get there. But it's just waiting for you. He has put two six and he's just saying put one one. Did you see that part of his ministry? Forerunner. Don't be afraid of people. Because it is called fight the good fight of faith. You are not fighting people. You are not fighting I mean, authority. You are fighting the good fight of faith. And the only way to fight that good fight of faith is to lay hold on eternal life. That means what you are saying part time, and this is where people get it wrong when it comes to faith confession. You don't manufacture confession. It must be given to you. It must be given to you. Because at times you want to say, I'm going to have it in Jesus' name. But the Lord said, your confession is that. Start confessing you have it already. Start confessing you have it already. Start, even when you don't feel like Start confessing you have it already. Because the realm of the spirit is password driven. Somebody say, I get it. I get it. Now that now leads to the real question. Look at it, the fig tree. The next day, deliberately. And that is how the Lord operates. He deliberately gave them a preamble, a clue. Because he was going to something that is now very powerful, that he now wanted to teach 
to expand this principle. The next day when they had come from Bethany, he was hungry. <laughs> and seeing a fig tree having leaves, he went to see. He perhaps he will find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. <laughs> In response, Jesus said to it. Let's stop there. In what? That means part of the story most people don't know is that that tree actually says something to Jesus. <laughs> because how can the Bible say Jesus responded? So the tree says something to Jesus and Jesus now responded. What did Jesus say to the tree? Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Let's read again. What did he say to it? Let no one eat fruit from you again. And the disciples heard it. Was that a cause? Mm -mm. Was that a cause? That means in the realm of the spirit... How you activate possibilities is to use passwords. Was it that Jesus did not know that it was not yet season for fish? The Bible recorded it. It's like, give me a seasonal fruit. Mango. It's not always available. There are times, actually, when you go to the mango tree, you won't find mango. So was it that Jesus was not aware? Because even the, I mean, Mark recorded it that this is not the season for fish. So was it that Jesus was wicked or what? Why would you want to see fig when it's not the season for it? Why would you expect it? And only for you to tell the tree that did not give you feet outside of feet season, this kind of statement. What, what kind of Jesus is this? Why, why do you do that? What's the meaning of this? <laughs> and only for them to be returning the following morning, the disciples called his attention. Look at, let, let's read that. Then I, I will, so that I can explain everything once. Verse 29, the morning as they passed by, they saw that the fig tree died off from the root, and Peter remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look at the fig tree which you cost. It was Peter that related that experience to cost. Jesus never <laughs> said, you are cost. Peter said, cost, <laughs> at his own level, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. The fig tree which you cost has withered away, and look at the explanation of Jesus. Jesus answered and said to them, what is playing out here is the highest form of faith. Have faith in God. Or have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. And how do you operate that kind of faith? For surely I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believe that those things which he says will be done he will have whatever he says therefore i say to you whatever you ask when you pray believe that you have received them and you will have them god kind of faith are you ready if you were jesus 
Pastor Goenga, if you were Jesus, when you want to tell the fig tree to die or to wither, what will you tell the fig tree? You'll be very direct. You'll just say die. <laughs> when you are too direct, it does not convey spiritual intelligence. What was it that Jesus said to the fig tree? That when the fig tree heard it, the way he, the tree interpreted is, is that this that you have heard commit suicide now. <laughs> you are not hearing me. And yet, it didn't sound like what Jesus was saying was die. But because that fig was hearing its creator, he said, this statement did not originate from human wisdom. This statement is weighty. This statement meant I cannot be here again. So in response to what Jesus said, what, what happened to the tree? The tree just died. That means you thought Jesus spoke English, but the tree interpreted it spiritually to mean suicide. This kind of intelligence, you don't manufacture it. It must be given to you. That means in a situation like this, what you must say, usually it's not direct, but the entities you are addressing, they are hearing you at another level. And that is why, you see, our spiritual warfare, in most cases, is too direct. Like uh, Minister Damola said, we will just say, die, feed tree. That, and the tree will refuse to die. But why can't you allow God to give you something to say to the tree? That you don't need to say die. The tree knows that with this kind of statement, I don't have any choice. I must die. So therefore, one of the things we do when we are praying in tongues is to build capacity for faith. Do you understand? It's called building up yourself on your most holy faith. And as you well, define yourself, what you are receiving are powerful revelations, not what which man wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches so that you can compare spiritual with spiritual. Imagine you want a, a new job. And the Lord is trying to tell you, this is how you are going to get the job. Start saying, HOD is growing. <laughs> you are like, God, you must be kidding me. I said, I need a job. You're asking me to be saying church is growing. Because what you do not understand is that you are HOD. Oh, you, you see, to some of you, you are coming to church. But you are the church. So when God says, say HOD is growing, I mean... <laughs> He said, which one is easier to say that your sins are forgiven or to say, alright, take up your bed and go home. That means these things are passworded. That at times, what you need to say is easier than what you are saying. So that means God is saying, let me help you to say it in a way that the realm of the spirit will respond faster. That's why at times, look at a barren. Instead of fighting barrenness, Isaiah says, sing, O barren. Why will a barren sing? I mean, a barren should just say, I, I fight barrenness. Barrenness, I destroy you. It just says, sing. How about what you have been believing God for ever since? The Lord is just saying, sing. And you wake up and you start singing. And you see the root cause of the problem dying from the root. Because that tree said, what Jesus said here, I must not live and he must not see me tomorrow morning still standing here. And what did Jesus tell the tree? He said, let no man 
That means that statement separated that tree from its purpose. And the moment the lifeline of purpose was cut off, the tree said, what else am I doing here if no man is going to eat from me? Because my whole essence of existence is that something is feeding me. And Jesus just separated me from what I'm supposed. So my essence was cut off. Spiritually, once you are given password, you cut off the essence. It goes to the root. Because some of the things people try to do spiritually, you are dealing with the leaves and branches. You have not gone to the root. If you are going to get to the root of any crisis, what you say must be given to you. It is not you that is speaking at that time. It is the spirit of your father that is in you. Something must be communicated to you. Praise God forevermore. And when you come from meetings like this, that's why you are very sensitive. Because any aspect of the meeting can be the communication. And that is why as a believer, you don't come to church without praying. See, you are coming to church placing demand on the anointing. Because the pastor might not possibly want to say something but because you have prayed and that is the password you need he's even already going that he will just come back you say you know it might even be a joke and say let me say this and that is it for someone that is what you need to be saying week long and as you begin to say that because what kind of intelligence is this that instead of saying victory i cause you die 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 just say, let no man look at me let's practicalize this i want you to pray in the spirit for just a minute and as you are praying in the spirit, be looking at anything that is like a feature in your life, a long-standing issue, and, and say, Lord, give me a word that I should say. Because now, it's teaching the God kind of faith. It is predicated on what was given to you in the given circumstance that you must say. You must say, whosoever shall say. But you don't manufacture what you are going to say. And you don't look at the situation to determine what you want to say. A lot of us are reactive. On the faith lane, you are proactive. It is not what the situation is looking like that will determine what you are saying to it. You must say something that is higher than the situation that a natural man listening to you will not even know that is what you are saying. You must use the password. And it's always personal. It's always coded. All right, amen? So as you are going home, now that you have prayed throughout the day, what, we, what we've done now that we've stirred the realm of the spirit, be sensitive. Be sensitive. There are young people here who are looking for wives. So you go to the lady, you are saying all the wrong thing. You think the only way the lady is going to fall in love with you is to just say, hey, how are you? I'm nice. <laughs> how about the Lord? Telling you to look at that and to say, How is chemistry 157? And she was like, And you just said that and she falls in love with you. You, you are not even nice, but you said the right thing because in her heart, oh, let's understand God that He's a what? Forerunner. Forerunner. So He's the author and the finisher of our faith. So it is very, very important for us to walk with him and to keep on looking at him. So that situation now, today, get something to say to it. And practice it tomorrow when you wake up. The problem is that what is before you is rent. You are addressing rent. What of you the Lord is saying? Address the street. <laughs> and you are like, meanwhile, the Lord is saying, you don't know, I've given you the entire street. 
And it's as you address the street, somebody in the street is going to come to knock your door to help you to pay your rent. But here you are. You are limiting the Holy One of Israel because you are fixated on the fact that this fig tree must dry, so I must address it indirectly. On the faith lane, one thing leads to the other. God is a connector. You are pressing a button here. Response is there. Look at this sister that came to church this morning. Did she ever know? We were just there. And bam, it's like a fast vision. I just saw the glory of God coming up. Maybe she, she, she just came. She was just dancing. But see, that dance, why did you dance? Please talk to me. You were just dancing. Did you have the revelation to dance in church today? You were just dancing. But you don't know that that meant something to the Lord. That is what we are talking about. Look at dancing now. Look at what dancing sorted for her. I'm waiting for your testimony because your testimony is going to astound everybody in the house here. And this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> Look at verse. Oh, God. This is where it gets interesting. Look at verse so 22. Jesus now wanted to. So Peter now said, Master, that thing you did, Jesus said, the principle at work here is a God kind of faith. And because you have seen the effect, let me now explain it to you. So, look at me. This is the mountain. This is the fig tree, right? Jesus made sure he addressed the fig tree in the same vicinity as the mountain. So that mountain witnessed what happened to the fig tree. Oh, you are, not, you, are, you are not hearing me. That is why you must not give up on your faith fight. Because any ground you lose will affect the next testimony. But if you win, one other testimony is witnessing the performance now. So the mountain was overlooking the fig tree. <laughs> so sense started coming to the mountain. That if, they, if he speaks again, and you, you are saying season. How can the creator want feet and feet is saying no season? Because once you begin to operate the God kind of faith, season or not season, you must get the results. Because if Jesus left that fig tree hanging, that means it is possible for creation to tell the creator, I cannot give you what you want. It's not yet. And the creator said, we will override the season. Because I am the creator. I created season. Whatever I create cannot box me. Why do we need to emphasize that? Because some of you are thinking it's not yet time. So when he looked at them, he said, do you say that the harvest is yet four months? This is the creator talking. He said, look at the field. They're already white for harvest. Because in the realm of the spirit, it can happen in four months and it can happen now. It is in the physical realm you are looking at calendar. In the realm of the spirit, everything is jammed. That is why you can be here today and God will show you what will happen on Friday. And it's not yet Friday, but in the realm of the spirit, how it's going to play out on Friday, you can see it now. Because in the realm of the spirit, everything is perpetual continuum. You know why I'm saying that? There's a sister here. In fact, there are five of you. Giving physical circumstances is not yet time for you to marry. But hear the word of the Lord. Because you are in church this morning. This 
scripture is operationalized for you. That in a time when the season is not looking like it's time to marry, the Lord say, have the harvest. Because I am the Lord of the harvest and I can override any protocol. And nothing can say no to me because I created times and season and I can operate outside of it. There are also three brothers here. You are believing God for a contract. <laughs> and it's looking at the season doesn't favor you. So the anointing that's coming up on the house this morning is that God is overriding the season of protocols. There's nothing like season again. Out of season, in season. Out of season, in season. Because it does appear that the season is not yet turned. And the Lord is saying, I'm overturning it. And I'm telling you that you're going to begin to get results. That season has not delivered to you. Because I'm the Lord of the seasons. You believe that? Yes, so Pastor Eberi will soon read the testimony very soon. Because your testimony is the next. So, fig tree, mountain, or mountain, fig tree. <laughs> so the mountain saw what happened to the fig tree. The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the bear will also deliver me. So when you lose ground on the faith lane, the next testimony will not take you serious. But if you fight the good fight of faith and you refuse the feet to have the final say, the mountain witnessed it. The mountain is lining up. And look at what Jesus now said. He said, whosoever shall say to this mountain that just saw what I did to the fig tree. Oh, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. Not just any mountain. And that's why he was specific. He said to you, whosoever says to this mountain, why this mountain, not that one? This one just witnessed how I treated an obstacle. So if I now say to this one, be removed. Ah, you don't want the fit treatment. Because you now saw that when the creator is talking, it is called the God kind of faith, nobody says no. See, that's the problem with Pharaoh. Pharaoh thought he was dealing with El Shaddai. You see, El Shaddai is a nice God. And he said, your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they knew me by my name, hell shall die. He said, but by my name, Jehovah, they don't know me. So in order for Jehovah to be established, somebody must challenge God. Oh, and it not happened to be Pharaoh. Because Jehovah is a man of war, and he can't be fighting himself. So somebody must be ready to, to, to be the control experiment, to show everybody that when you say Jehovah, when you say Lord, no, it's not synonymous with Lord. It can only be yes, Lord. There's nothing like no Lord. <laughs> Pharaoh now said no. Ah, God said, I want to like. He said, a man said no to Jehovah. A man said no. Ah. And God said, okay, this is what I want. The stage is set. That was exactly what was playing out there. And look at what he said as we close. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, this mountain. Pastor, you know the problem? What he said you should say to this mountain, we are trying to say to all the mountains. It's this one. So that means on the faith lane, it's specific. That means if you, if you pay a rent this month or this year by saying something, next year you must get another word. Because what you said last year might not work this year. Because this year is now this mountain. Not all mountains. So in password, there's no one password that fits all. You must always get a fresh word for this mountain. 
And guess what? Whosoever shall say to this mountain. That means if you go to that mountain, and you're like, mountain, the Lord sent me to you. In fact, Lord give me strength. I will carry you. I'll carry this mountain. You are wasting your time. That means the Lord, the Lord was the one that created the mountain. And he said, the password, the frequency to move this mountain is that when you get there, all you must say is that be removed. Once you get to that mountain and you don't say be removed, the mountain is deaf. It won't hear you. So that means Jesus is saying, for this particular mountain to move, this is what you must say to this mountain. What is it you should say? Be removed, be cast into the sea, and you do not doubt in your heart. That means if you go to that mountain and you say any other thing, you just empower that mountain. It won't move. So he told you this mountain to move as a creator. You know, it's like frequencies in the realm of the spirit. You want to get into a particular frequency, tune it. He said, that's what you must say. Is this how we get our intelligence from God or we say what we feel like saying? Be removed and be cast into the sea and you do not doubt in your heart but believe that those things that you say will come to pass for this mountain. That means by the time I move to the next mountain, I repeat the process again. Move to the next mountain. Next mountain again becomes this mountain. And it must be given to me what to say. The problem is that you are trying to say the same thing to all mountains. That shows one truth. Two statements that will close. Number one, you cannot walk the faith lane without having a personal relationship with Jesus or personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because that is what a lot of people are trying to do. They think faith is a formula. That's why the just shall live by faith. It's a lifestyle. And on that lifestyle of faith, you must stay online. You cannot operate faith offline. Oh, you are, you are not getting me. Because God can say, go and kill Isaac now. Five minutes later, if you are not online and your signal is not strong, you will have killed Isaac and you come back rejoicing saying you have done the will of God. But meanwhile on the line, the instruction was updated that don't. Because if God is going to manifest as the Jehovah, what is the name? On the mountain. Jireh or Jireh, whatever you call it. You must know that as you are going up the mountain, at that level of faith instruction, God is a forerunner. Your Isaac will never arrive the mountain before the ram God has provided. But if you don't come from, with Isaac, you won't see the ram. The ram was already there waiting for Abraham because by the time he got there, God said, look behind you. So at times the breakthrough that you think is in front of you is actually behind you. And that is why God must give you the password to make 360 degree and look behind you. That's why some people left their wives on campus and they're looking for a wife in Lagos. And God said, look behind you. <laughs> Go back to you. Your wife is there. That is a password for someone. I mean, you are, you are looking at VI. I said, look behind you. There's a ram caught in the ticket. And because it's God, that ram cannot escape. He was caught there. You know, the ram was trying to escape and said, you are not escaping anywhere. And he said, that is what you must sacrifice. So online. So you cannot operate on the faith lane without being a man of the world, without being a man of prayer, receiving updates, 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 knowing what to say to every mountain and saying exactly. And here the word of love, they told you. 
this mercy seed project we want to do, this is how we're going to secure it. Because in this city, somewhere there, God has provided a property for this house. And you know what? The way we are going to get it, it won't be a function of the seed we are raising. Because there is a man in this city that is a foreigner that God has spoken to. And the ministry of foreigner is to prepare your way before you. To level every valley, to up level every mountain, upgrade every valley, make crooked places straight, and make everything so that all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. So that means foreigners go ahead to make it happen for you. And that is what God is about to do for the house. And my last statement. <laughs> Jesus now said, this is the God kind of faith. So in the God kind of faith, stay online. Get word. Not every mountain is the same, even if you have dealt with the mountain before. That means your confession must change by time as the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. We speak in language which man, not in language which man's wisdom teaches, which the Holy Spirit teaches as we compare spiritual with spiritual. Spiritual things only move when you speak spiritual. They hear. But the natural man cannot receive that because you want to naturally. So that means, how do you know you are now spiritual? When you are addressing a situation, henceforth don't address it directly, only address it based on utterance. What is communicated to you, keep on saying it and it will amaze you. You'll get the result faster. Because once you open that portal, what you're operating is a God kind of faith. Would you rise up this morning? <laughs> Can we just pray in tongue for one minute? I want everybody to just pray in tongue for one minute as I take my seat. Just pray, pray down for one minute because it's, it's called building up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying the Holy Ghost. And as you are doing that again, begin to search your heart that am I receiving passwords now? It's just like somebody sending codes to you. That's how it works. And say, concerning this situation, this is what you must say. This is what you must say to this mountain. This is how you must react. Uh, this is what you must say. Say the Lord has a need of it. This is what you must say. Be removed and be cast into the sea. This is what you must say. Rejoice. This is what you must say. And at times, this is what you must say. We say, be still and know that I am God. So at times, what you must say is not to even say anything. So there are times you just say, be still. Be still and know I am God. I will be exalted in heaven. I will be exalted on earth. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeah. Well, I didn't say you should sing with me. I didn't say you should sing with me. Some are still... <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together and appreciate Pastor David. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a word. Hallelujah. You will agree with me. These messages, first, second, and third, you need to keep them as a treasure. You are get this Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you, are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just after me say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. God bless you.